It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. What is up? John Hansen here, another edition of Hansen's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com. Weekly podcast here, we do many weekly podcasts, but my little uh, crevice in the fantasy points feed is going to be weekly. And I think this is what third or fourth week I've, I've managed to do three or four in a row early on here, recording this puppy on Friday afternoon, June 9th. And I thought it's a little early, but we are starting to get a fair amount of news and notes coming out of the OTAs. I'm starting very preliminal, per, preliminarily, Jesus, uh, to form my vibes on players. Um, obviously, it's not just the OTAs. It's the entirety of their situations. Looking back at what they did last year, where's the momentum coming out of last year? A lot of times, guys who are good or coming off bad years they have a little extra push in the the following season. So that's what I'm talking about with momentum. So I'm considering all kinds of factors, taking in all these news, notes, and nuggets. I've already done projections. So it's really a question of seeing what we see, basically. We're starting to see some stuff out there in the OTA. So without any further ado, I'm just going to get right into it here somewhat informally. But I will start over in the AFC and not seeing anything particularly strong in the AFC East. Obviously, in Miami, the vibes aren't good if you're looking at one of their running backs currently on the roster, at least as I record this on Friday, June 9th. That, of course, being Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, the rookie Devon A-Chain, all that Dalvin Cook has officially been released from the Minnesota Vikings. This was an obvious team to connect him to, as I did, I think, in like January when this first came out. Dalvin went to high school. He's from Florida. He's from Miami area. He went to high school like, I don't know, 10 miles from the stadium there. Of course, he did something on social media with a Dolphins uniform as well. However, I did talk with NFL insider Adam Schefter this morning and doing the Sirius XM show with Adam Kaplan, who had similar sentiment. It's not a guarantee. It's not a lock. It's not like just a formality that the Dolphins bring in Dalvin Cook. Denver Broncos may have something to say. And between the two Adams, basically, Schefter and Kaplan, there does seem to be another team or two that is lurking and could, you know, enter the fray there for Dalvin Cook. And by the way, mention uh, Dalvin Cook. Make sure you check out the article over at fantasypoints.com. It is a freebie. It does not entail uh, a login if you're not a subscriber. Uh, written by Graham Barfield. Dalvin Cook cut what it means for Alexander Madison. And I did update our projections, by the way on the site to account for Dalvin being officially released. Not exactly all in on Alexander Madison. The article has a lot of good points. Now, I think the best point is that they are paying Alexander Madison 
a, a decent amount of money, and they don't really have that much behind him on the depth chart. The rookie, Dwayne McBride, is comically unproductive in the passing attack. So it's basically between Madison and Ty Chandler for the third down role and all that. I do think Ty Chandler is a very good prospect. You know, his tape was pretty darn good. I did chop it up with him at the combine. I, I sought him out. He was, a, he was a good dude. I liked him. And the buzz is pretty decent on him. He's got juice, explosiveness, receiving ability like big time could line up outside but he also hits it up in there and runs hard so he's he's pretty darn intriguing here so the vibe obviously improved on alexander madison but we are a little below the markets there i'm, I'm still going to be a little skeptical to pass happy offense uh often because they have to be because their defense once again this year i think just like last year is going to be bad especially if they don't have daniel hunter on the roster but back to the dolphins yeah so not great there in terms of the vibes but we shall see it may it may end up being a moot point if dalvin cook goes somewhere else i know that deandre hopkins also in play to work out with the new england patriots which i think would be a pretty decent acquisition but for them but a little redundant as well just gathering up a bunch of basically possession type receivers veterans uh, Devontae Parker's probably a little bit more than that, but he's getting up there in age. And Juju, of course, uh, couldn't hurt, but, you know, and he does have a chance to challenge for the playoffs, but, you know, they're not going to win anything in the AFC, which is the toughest conference by far, but there's that. Obviously, when you look at his old team, as we've covered, I did a little video on that. So check that out on our YouTube page or Hell, it's everywhere. TikTok, Instagram. Michael Wilson, the rookie out of Stanford, good vibes um, with D-Hop off the roster. Certainly not the greatest situation overall. Although I will say I, I actually moved up Kyler Murray a little higher. I have um, a pretty good vibe on him, actually, uh, in terms of not going, not being worthless for two months, basically. I think we're trending toward Kyler perhaps avoiding PUP I mean don't put words in my mouth there but early on the vibes were pretty good but for Michael Wilson they could not be better because he landed in an ideal spot once DeAndre Hopkins was moved off the roster and as I anticipated that I took him I did a previous podcast um, about uh, that was last week I believe about the uh, rookie draft that I did and I did in fact take Michael Wilson I think it was the fifth round of a rookie draft in high stakes FFPC so that was good but good vibes there back over to the AFC nothing of note with the Jets you know Aaron Rodgers good vibes overall but a little bit dinged up Brees Hall not exactly ready right now for you know on track for week one in terms of a full workload and all that we'll see uh yeah not a ton going on there for the jets but we, we do have a lot of activity over in the afc north i don't think there's anything tangible vibe wise in terms of the baltimore ravens jk dobbins is not even at the ota's final year of his rookie deal um but we do know that things are shaping up pretty well with the weaponry they have there and todd monken and all that um, we do have a little nugget there. And by the way, another article to check out, Tom Brawley's 2023 OTA News Tracker, just following all the nuggets, doing all the work for you. 
at fantasypoints.com. Just look for that one there. Uh, it does have a nice little update there on the Baltimore Ravens about Gus Edwards working off to the side. John Harbaugh saying he has not had a setback since last season, so he looks like he's solid as the number two. Lamar Jackson talking about running less, throwing more under Todd Monken. Good stuff there. Rashad Bateman practicing at the start of the OTAs. Tough call there as to which receiver is the most ideal. I think it's between Bateman and Flowers. I'm not going to fall for Odell Beckham, the old banana in the tailpipe, but our guy Kaplan has told me multiple times that Beckham, despite the second ACL, when he worked out for teams, he ran really, really well. So solid vibes there. But moving on to Cincinnati, I spoke with Jeff Hobson this morning as well, who is a pro NFL writer, basically beat writer, covers the team, works for the official team website. He, he's been around. He knows what's up. Uh, pretty damn good vibes there overall. He's really optimistic about the offensive line. They have uh, probably their best group and their best depth in a while. He also told me that Andre Yosevis from Princeton is showing really well. So Joe Burrow's supporting cast and Irv Smith, good, decent vibes there too. So they are in much better shape than they were last year. I could argue that their receiving cores improved, you know, the totality of it by like 25% because Irv Smith is an upgrade over Hayden Hurst. And no offense to Trenton Irwin, uh, he did a fine job last year. And by the way, that's another guy who's a very capable body, but they, they still did draft Yosevitz, uh, who's a um, big dude, gives them size. I think he could be a red zone uh, beast. However, I did notice watching him practice that the hands are a little sketchy. And then sure enough, they did the measurements a month later at the combine. He came in with some of the smaller hands at receiver, but he does move pretty well. He is a big body. He could be a good red zone threat if he does, in fact, catch the ball. But good vibes overall there for the Cincinnati Bengals. If things go well, uh, Joe Burrow should eclipse his 40 touchdowns from last year very quietly with 40 touchdowns, very good vibes early on with these Cleveland Browns. Uh, Deshaun Watson has been my number one ROI candidate at quarterback, my top target this year, like to hold off a little bit this year, but you know, you can get top five results from Deshaun, I believe who is the uh, QB nine off the board right now. Uh, very good vibe on Elijah Moore is lining up all over the place. Boy, does he look like he's on a mission. Marquise Goodwin making some plays, so they have some really good depth here for Deshaun. So good stuff there. Uh, I keep talking with my guy, Nate Zagura, the color commentator for those Cleveland Browns, and he's um, he's always optimistic, there's no doubt, but boy, he's giddy at, at this point. Well, I'm giddy about the Pittsburgh Steelers with very good vibes. Everything is improved, as I've mentioned a million times. I've done videos on Ken Pickett. Uh, they're going to come out. But I, I saw a little nugget from Patrick Peterson that, that was somewhat eye-opening. Obviously, Peterson has been around. He knows the deal. He knows when you see a player out there and you're going up against a player who's a, more of a difference maker than you thought maybe uh, it stands out. And 
he was kind of going on and on about my guy Calvin Austin, who suffered um, really an injury plague rookie campaign due to this foot injury, season-ending surgery, and you know, granted, Patrick Peterson basically struggles to keep up with anyone at this point because he doesn't run all that well. But man, he was. I'm always. I always notice when another player is kind of blown away by a dude like we're all blown away by what these athletes can do but when a guy like Patrick Peterson a pretty pretty accomplished player is like damn uh I think we need to stand up and take notice and that's basically his reaction to Calvin Austin who I set up an interview with, with at the combine last year because I watched him at the senior balls like my god this guy just makes dudes look silly out there and he's small but man, he is a great kid. Football player. I talked to uh, Steeler insiders during the season. Jerry Dulock comes to net mind. I kind of, you know, theorize to him, or, or, or I throw up. I throw out a thought basically on Calvin Austin uh, after the season concluded that he would have been a real nice guy to have around, and he was like, I basically pumped him up as a prospect, and Jerry Dulac was was all about it he was totally with me so we're not going to draft calvin austin most likely but man he could be a guy who catches like you know 22 balls for like 500 yards and and really you know lifts the lid off the defenses helps out in terms of Najee harris running the ball opens things up underneath for the the other guys i mean it's a wonderful situation here other of course than Matt Canada, the office coordinator. It's just, I've never seen anything like this where it's like, man, I am so optimistic. If only we had a damn coach who actually called good plays, basically. But maybe we could take a little step forward. But it almost doesn't matter given the cost of a guy like Kenny Pickett. Um, I'm totally convinced he's going to be a top 20 guy yet he's only like qb 27 off the board Allen robinson here i mean it doesn't hurt he's working out of the slot he can win quickly that's about it though uh after 10 yards it's he's not very valuable but he will get open quickly and he'll be a little bit of a move the sticks kind of a guy for kenny pickett cannot hurt moving on here looking at early vibes here in 2023 over in the AFC South. Well, I mean, we'll see about DeAndre Hopkins potentially going to Tennessee, but I was not in on Traylon Burks last year, but the vibes are good. I mean, he, you could just see it on the practice field, his body language. He's feeling it right now. He's a lot more confident. And presuming we don't get DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, it's a low-volume passing attack, but he's going to be commanding a – very high percentage of the looks, I'm sure, and compared to the other wide receivers here, you know, 25% target share for Traylon Burks. So really good vibes there as he's completely over the asthma issue. He reported in really good shape. So it's almost like night and day compared to last year. And as bad as it was last year, we didn't like him. I didn't like him. You know, he did have a couple of moments where you're like, okay, I, I think he's a little rough around the edges, but you can see there's a lot of talent to work with there with Traylon Burks. So for now, looking good, as is Chiggy Aconquo. Nothing of note otherwise over in the AFC South, so I'll move on over to the AFC West. I've had a pretty good vibe on Russ Wilson. Hell, 
even going back to last December when I tweeted somewhat sarcastically, but I ended up being correct that, boy, wouldn't it be like Russell Wilson after you had that one big game in like week 13 or whatever against Denver? Wouldn't it be like Russell Wilson to have one of the worst seasons ever in the regular fantasy season that we've seen from a high-end quarterback only to ball out in the playoffs? And that's actually what he did. He was, I think, QB4 the final like five weeks. He didn't miss that one game with the concussion. It was a little fluky, but good vibe with Sean Payton and pretty good vibe with Russ. Leaner, slim, trim. That's how you offset age, I guess. You know, he doesn't move around as well and escape as well. Well, you got you to gotta cut down on the poundage a little bit, and that's exactly what he's doing. So I, I'm very convinced that Russell Wilson, it may not look pretty, but I think he's going to outproduce his ADP. Uh, by a significant, somewhat significant margin, which is obviously uh, the complete opposite of last year, in which he had no chance to perform up to his ADP over in KC. Nothing riveting. By the way, um, Sky Moore, people are still like completely doubting it. And you know what? Don't care i'm giving a middle finger to all the doubters because i still believe that sky Moore is a quality player who will carve out a significant role in this offense i am not counting on Kadarius tony i do not think reishi rice is going to explode out of the gate because he'd be the first andy reed receiver other than maybe the sean jackson to do it and mvs stinks so they do have other guys here but they're guys, Justin Watson, Richard James. We'll see about uh, Justin Ross, who is very talented, but I don't have a lot of confidence in him. So, yeah, same old story with Sky Moore. Obviously, he has to do it, and obviously part of the appeal is the fact that he's a very late pick, but I'll do it. I will do it, and I'm still feeling it for what it's worth. Otherwise, here over in the AFC West, I mean, we're kind of talking good vibes here, so I guess we'll pass over the Raiders because there aren't many good vibes. Decent overall vibes for the L.A. Chargers. Nothing of note here. Quentin Johnson seemingly off to a pretty good start, making some plays. They're talking about they're going to attack down the field. I do feel good about the Chargers overall, but not not like uh, we're locked in here with these great, great vibes, like tangible vibes. Of course, it is only the OTAs. Over in the... NFC, uh, let's take a look at some vibes here. Well, I think we're all on standby, if you will, and we're we're holding off until we get the update on the running back situation. I feel like one of the few dominoes that we need to see fall to have a pretty complete picture, at least heading into training camps, would be Ezekiel Elliott. They're not going to go into the season with just Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn and Malik Davis and Ronald Jones. Unless Ronald Jones has some sort of like shocking ascension or return to form, if you will. I don't think he was ever that good, but I, I do think Zeke Elliott, the odds seem good that he'll be back in Dallas. So we shall see there. Decent vibes overall. I mean, Michael Gallup is, is healthier. Actually, Jalen Tolbert has had a positive offseason. That bodes well. So their depth, even though they lost Noah Brown, their depth looks pretty darn good there in Dallas. Uh, Gallup 
saying he is, quote, springy again. And springy is usually a pretty good sign. Nothing of note in Philadelphia or with the Giants, DC Commanders. Nothing riveting, although I did have an opportunity to talk with head coach Ron Rivera, and he did talk a lot, and it's kind of come out since, by the way. He did talk a lot about Antonio Gibson, the former college slot receiver, being a pretty big factor in the passing attack. They really like him in that role. They did a good job last year. Ron Turner, or Scott Turner, that's his uncle, um, Norv's son, did a good job using him in that role once Brian Robinson was rolling. But we should have confidence in Eric Bieniemy to pick up where they left off and even expand it out. So we have uh, Gibson a little above the markets. We're we're all pretty high on Brian Robinson too, though. Uh, as Rivera told me that, you know, they're going to try and get him the ball in the passing attack on early downs a little bit. The other nugget would be Sam Howell and uh, Ron Rivera has full personnel control. And while it is a new ownership group, he is in dire need of a winning season or else he could uh lose his employment there so if sam howell is not getting it done early they're going to pull the plug because jacoby Brissett is making decent coin and he's coming off a very good season so i am not expecting much from howell maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised and he he'll hold Brissett off but not counting on it that he's talented in many ways but he has some clear deficiencies as well leaves a lot of plays in the field doesn't really throw with anticipation touch timing and all that kind of a see it and throw it guy but he is very competitive he will run and add some second reaction ability over in the nfc north well certainly the vibes got good for alexander madison and ty chandler now officially on the radar as a deep sleeper and we'll see about Dwayne mcbride in Green Bay, early good returns on Luke Musgrave. That's good. It could be completely meaningless, but I'd rather get good nuggets than no nuggets or bad nuggets for a young tight end in Green Bay. Good vibe early on Romeo Dobbs. So I'd say overall we're feeling okay about the Green Bay Packers. Dobbs generated uh, a decent amount of ink here in early June in terms of just people reacting off the OTAs and the like here. Anything else? Nah, not a ton here. For the Chicago Bears, yeah, it's um, nothing of note. Khalil Herbert is working as the one early on here, but Deontay Foreman has not yet participated, and Roshan Johnson is a rookie. Obviously, we know about adding DJ Moore. Uh, They're working on Justin Fields to improve. We'll see. I'm not really feeling great about him at his ADP. Uh, It's a very pricey ADP. I'd rather take a guy or trust a little bit more in terms of winning from the pocket like Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson. Like, I'm taking Watson over Fields. I know Fields will outproduce him on the ground big time, but obviously Watson is a way better passer with better weaponry. Darnell Mooney uh, still working his way back from the ankle injury, but we are uh, on track, I believe, for training camp. I like him still uh, in that number two role. 
people were accusing me this week of overselling Mooney. Well, I mean, we got it right the first two years. We're way ahead of the markets. Last year was weird, but as I've said, I had him at wide receiver 20. If you take away those first three games where I don't know what the hell they were doing, I mean, Mooney got like five targets total. You take away those three games, you're looking at seven healthy games, and it was a bad offense. Mooney was wide receiver 22. So I, I don't know if that's a bad job on my part. It wasn't a win, wasn't a hit, but I'm still in on Darnell Mooney. Ideally cast as a number two now as well. In Detroit, we did get a little injury there with uh, David Montgomery early in the OTAs. Jameer Gibbs seems to be doing a pretty good job, uh, and he's running with the first-team offense here uh, for Gibbs. So that's certainly not a bad sign right there. But, you know, nothing nothing serious about David Montgomery, of course. I think we're uh, we're waiting until training camp, but oh, right now we're not going to panic about any little little bump or bruise in June. NFC South, nothing to sink your teeth into really in terms of this squad. It's more about, okay, just take a look at where they are compared to last year, feel pretty good, at least a slight quarterback upgrade there with uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, Kyle Pitts has been absent from the uh, OTAs, the voluntary OTAs, but um, they're they're not rushing him back. Uh, They're all expecting him ready to go for week one, but, you know, it is slightly concerning that he's not doing uh, team drills uh, six months removed from the MCL surgery, but we'll see where we are in August. Uh, Carolina, Bryce Young, working with the first team, off to a solid start. Nothing riveting here. Uh, nothing of note. Moving on to the Saints, though. You know, Michael Thomas working off to the side. Had some hardware removed from his foot. Uh, they're hoping that he'll be at full speed for training camp. We'll see. But otherwise, the vibes have been very good on their other young receivers. Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, my guy, and Juwan Johnson. Shahid and Johnson seemingly continuing to ascend. Uh, we hope that Derek Carr can play relatively well because he's certainly capable of getting these guys the ball. So right now we're off to a pretty good start. I have nothing on Alvin Kamara, though. Over in Tampa Bay, I did have an opportunity to talk for about a half an hour with my guy Rashad White last week, one week ago today. Good stuff there. Check my Twitter feed for some uh, some retweets. But, you know, one big takeaway is he's expecting a lot of passes, as we all have been. They're going to do a lot of empty with him so he can line up on the outside and win. He talked about how he's always looked up to Le'Veon Bell and his ability to do that. Man, he went on and on about his hands and why they're so good because I told him, I'm like, dude, got some of the best hands i've ever seen on a running back uh so yeah great kid uh he's one of my favorites obviously if you're listening to me i predicted everything that he did basically i mean here we are this is exactly where i thought and hoped he would be a year after being drafted he he did produce i thought he would be a top 30 guy he was barely but he was and now leonard gone so get him you know, I just hope that the team doesn't truly stink. 
with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, which is a possibility. But uh, I'm feeling pretty good after talking to Rashad about Dave Canales, too. The one thing he kind of said was, I mean, I don't think he was throwing Byron Leftwich under the bus, but I was like, Dave Canales, a little bit of a running game guy. And he his response was, well, he's not going to abandon the run. And granted, they didn't run it well last year, so it's understandable why Byron Leftwich was, was abandoning the run. But Dave Canales is not going to do that. He comes from Seattle and Pete Carroll. So, you know, he's never called plays. They're going to run the rock plenty. So Rashad is going to get opportunities in the passing attack. And, you know, he caught 50 balls last year behind Fournette. So the guy's got to be a candidate for 60. I mean, I conservatively have him with 58, and we're still way ahead of the markets there. So that's a good vibe. Uh, good vibe on Chris Godwin, too, who's getting back and um, getting some of the explosiveness back. And if, by the way, if you notice, you know, a lot of these good vibes, I, I, this has always been the case. Like, we're way ahead of the markets on all these guys in like May and June. And then, and we're, almost predicting the good vibes that unfold later in the year. So we're way ahead and I feel really good, but then more and more and more information comes out in June and July. And of course, August, more people get engaged and then almost everybody knows everything. And then the markets catch up to us. So that, that is a little frustrating, honestly, like a good example last year was Romeo Dobbs. Like I was talking to a guy up in May uh, as a really good fit, and all that, and good sleeper, you know, 175 picks into a draft. But by the time we got to mid to late August, like, the cat was out of the bag. So that is a little frustrating. But back to the task at hand, which is accounting for all the vibes. One more division to go through, the NFC West. Well, I did address one thing with uh, Michael Wilson at the top of the podcast here. San Francisco 49ers. And what I was also going to say is, uh, if you notice – on a lot of these good vibe guys right now we're way ahead of the markets but check back in two months we might not be but brandon Ayuk, and that's why it's frustrating but uh brandon Ayuk is a really good example because we've been way in front on him let me pull it up here in terms of where his adp is okay so uh his adp is 59 overall wide receiver 30 okay see it's already moved up I mean, it's literally already moved up since like yesterday because he was, I believe, a little higher than this. Or we were way higher than the markets than this. Wide receiver 30, and we have him at 26. But I'm telling you right now, uh, he was like, I don't know, wide receiver 34 like a day or two ago. But we're still ahead of the market. The vibe is good. Debo, of course, uh, reported to us all, I guess, that he was a little over weight out of shape he was awful per him he was sluggish and all that good stuff and once again Ayuk was uh, their best player during the OTAs I mean Ayuk is getting to the point now where he's almost unstoppable because he's so fast and physical at the line you just can't jam him and then you can't run with him they picked up the fifth year option I know there's only one ball here but man he is balling out there and well, that does bode well for Brock Purdy. Right now, your presumptive starter in San Francisco. Otherwise, we'll see about that quarterback battle. Is there even a battle? But uh, between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, it's not a not an awful situation. 
uh, in San Francisco. And of course, they're loaded. Seattle, I mean, you might have seen the highlight of JSN running for a long touchdown. I mean, in the OTAs, I mean, the guy ran in a straight line. Okay. Uh, still think he's overrated in terms of the markets because his snaps and targets are just not going to be to the level of his ADP, basically. 60 overall, nah. But, hey, off to a decent start for sure. And then last but not least, LA Rams. You know, good start in the OTAs for Puka Nakua, for what it's worth. Our guy Brett Whitefield saw a little Justin Jefferson in Puka Nakua, so that should be uh, a little eye-opening. I like Van Jefferson because I was told by multiple people, Adam Kaplan being one of them who was at their camp, that they were expecting a breakout year from Van Jefferson last year, but then he had that very serious knee injury. He is back now and presumably the number two. I I think he's got a shot to deliver a pretty solid ROI and Cooper Cup um, fully expected back. Kyron Williams potentially in this mix, but it should be, I believe, Cam Akers. So decent vibes right there in L.A. And, well, that is a wrap on my early look at the vibes here in 2023. And while it's early, we're still in June. I did want to mention to anyone who has not played on underdog fantasy if you have never played on underdog fantasy uh do not end this podcast because basically you can sign up for an account using the promo code fantasy pts of course get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars everybody does that but you can also if you deposit just 10 bucks get a free fantasy point subscription for just five dollars so visit underdogfantasy.com find them in the app store don't forget register with the promo code fantasy pts to get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars and of course that will also entitle you to a fantasy point subscription for just five dollars and i guess i need to do this disclaimer to to keep it official it must be 18 plus 19 plus in alabama and nebraska 21 plus in mass and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates uh, terms apply concern with your play call 800 gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800 next step in New York call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY in Tennessee call 800-889-9789 and also did want to give a shout out to our friends over at the uh, FFPC All FFPC tournaments are launched and drafting for 2023, excluding the main event. They have two tournaments with $1 million grand prizes, the FFPC main event and the Fantasy Pros Championships. Uh, Dynasty startups are filling daily, starting at $100 an entry all the way up to $5,000. I'm in a $2,500 Dynasty Superflex that I believe I'm going to win. Uh, the FFPC Best Ball Tournament as well, $100 and $25 entry. The Super Flex Best Ball Tournament, it's a $35 entry, and, and uh, you're off and running. Go to myffpc.com for more. I wanted to get those reads in, in the middle of the podcast, but that underdog fantasy deal is uh, basically as good as it gets. So uh, check that out. So with the $5 subscription and the $100 potential match, 
It is a potential creation of $155 in value right out of thin air just for signing up for an account on Underdog and depositing 10 bucks. That'll wrap it up here. We'll be back next week. Make sure you continue to subscribe to the feed and get all the Fantasy Points podcasts. Throw us a bone. Give us a good review. Uh, give us a good rating as well. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Thank you.